Praise God. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26 this morning. Put it up on the screen, of course. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Whatever uh, works for you to put your eyes on the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. I'm just going to give you some context. I want to get to verse 33, but I'm just, just read the context uh, that this is in. He said, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a, in a tongue, let there be two or at most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him, be, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and see the others or and the others let the others judge but if anything is revealed to another who sits by let the first keep silent for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets verse 33 for God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints Verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, there's a lot could be said about the rest of that. I'm not going to dive into a lot of that. I just wanted you to, I didn't want to just pick up verse 33, although we'll make you know, some comments on that. Didn't want to just pick that up without giving some of the context. And there's a lot in um, 1 Corinthians 14 concerning the operation of gifts in the church. Um, but notice he says in verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now, if you just go back a little bit, um, verse 29, it says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. So it says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the other judge, talking about in an assembly. So this is the context, but this applies generally, but I just want to you know, touch on the, um, the context here. So let two or three prophets speak, and then let the others judge. So prophecy ought to be judged. Amen? Amen? Verse 30, But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So he's saying the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So in other words, you can't just say, oh, well, God made me say something and just blurt out in the middle of something. He's talking about doing things in order. And he says that later. We'll read that. Um, so not everybody's just speaking all at once. Not everybody is just um, speaking because they feel like God made them say something. That's not God. So it says, The spirit of the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And then IV, it says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So that's the context. It's talking about order in a congregation, order when prophecy is given. But this applies generally. God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. You see this here, and this applies 
all over. If, you look, if we skip down to um, verse 39, just read the last two verses, kind of this, uh, what he's saying here. It says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently in, or, in an order. Now notice, just, uh, by, just on the way, uh, as a side note, notice this, this whole chapter is talking about uh, speaking in tongues in an assembly, uh, prophesying in an assembly. And notice what he says in verse 39, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, do not forbid to speak with tongues. So, well, the Bible clearly supports um, speaking in tongues. You know, with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking in tongues in an assembly, that's this whole chapter. So that, that is clearly in the Scriptures. But notice verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Let all things be done decently in order. Earlier he said, God is not the author of confusion but peace. And he says, let all things be done decently and in order. God and the working of the things of God is, is going to be in order. It's not going to be bringing confusion. It's going to bring peace. Okay, and there's so much uh, in the world now. We, we, we live in, uh, we are in the last days. We live in the end times. And we're, we're going into some things. But know that God's will, God's way, is never confusion. It's peace. So if we'll use this when we hear when we hear different sentiments, when we hear news, when we hear people speak and they say it's in the name of God, if it brings confusion, if it strikes fear, it's not God. God is not the author of confusion. When you start to feel like, whoa, whoa, whoa it's gonna, what's going to happen? What, what? Just know, God is not the author of confusion. So what is God really saying? What does His Word really say? It's peace. It's not confusion. Can you skip down to James um, 3, verse 13? We'll come back up. James 3, verse 13. Go ahead and put it up when you have it. We'll go... It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness, in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For, verse 16, For where envy and self-seeking exist, Confusion and everything are there. Verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then uh, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, 
by those who make peace. Let's go back to verse 14. It says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So when there's confusion, that's not God. Did you hear me? That's not, that's not God. When, when, when sentiments bring confusion, when it brings turmoil, when it brings fear, it's, there's, there's something that's not God about that. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Notice, this is God's wisdom. This is God. Is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle. Do you know God's gentle? Yeah, he, there's a judgment side of God. But God, God, that's not, that's never God's will. God sent Jesus that all would be saved. And when they, if, if somebody doesn't accept what he has already done, there is going to be judgment. There is going to be the wrath of God poured out eventually on the earth after the church is gone. But that's not, that's not who he is. That, that's, he, he has to be just. That's not, his, that, that's not what he wants for people. Then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. This is the Spirit. Notice, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make, make peace. The confusion, that's, that's not of God, but peace and gentleness, willing to yield, these things, that's of God. God's not pushing His way in to the hearts of people. God's not pushing His will around. God has presented Jesus as the Lord and Savior of the earth. And He gives men and women the option of whether or not to believe Him. So God is a God of peace. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, the beginning of the chapter we started with. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 3, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Notice that. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. The spirit of prophecy it, speaking by the Holy Spirit, it brings these things. Edification, exhortation, comfort. It doesn't bring fear. It does not bring confusion. Did you hear me? We need to know these things because we are in times where there is a lot going on in the earth. There's going to be a lot going on on the earth. And we need to understand that God's God's plan and purpose, what's going to happen on the earth for the believer, that should not strike fear. It should not be confusion. 
It should not be like, well, I don't know what's going to go. Oh, this person says this, this person says this. I don't know. And just this turmoil. That's not God. That, well, I don't know. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. Just, just let's back up and ask. Is it confusing? Does it strike fear? Or is it peace? Because you can tell what is really God if there's peace there. Talking about for the believer. For the unbeliever, the world's going to get really, really bad. But for the believer, we need to know the plan of God. We need to know what our role is. And we need to just go on. And you can go through whatever is coming with peace, knowing that we are in God's hand, knowing what His plan and purpose is, knowing our role, that it hasn't changed, uh, just because there's different circumstances on the earth, our role has not changed. Let's read a few scriptures. Uh, is talking about God and peace. Hebrews uh, 13, verse 20. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13, Now may the God of peace, Now may the God of peace, in Luke 2, verse 13, when, when it was announced Jesus on, was coming on the earth, and suddenly there was with the angel a, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is peace toward men because of what Jesus came to do. Now, people can reject it. But if we know Him, then we know there's peace. It doesn't mean everything's going to be peaceful on the earth. Look around. But for us in the kingdom of God, we need to know we serve a God of peace, and for the Christian, we ought to be at peace. If we're running around going, oh no, and fighting everybody? Did you hear me? There is so much where things have, people are getting stirred up and fighting. You can look, you can hear it. They're bitter. They're, I'm talking about Christians. Bitter, angry, uh, condemning, attacking. Then, then you just listen to them. They're not at peace. Not at peace. They're fighting against something. And that's not what we're to do. I'm not saying we don't stand up with, with, with uh, our... our Stand up for uh, rights and privileges we have, like in the nation, in things that we do. Yeah, you, you do things, like Shelley was talking about, we vote. But attacking and just, feel, just being bitter, and you're fighting something. You, you're, it, it's, it's attacking. It's, it, you're not at peace with the world. It's, we got we to, gotta, God's not... God's not a God of confusion and fear and anger. He's a God of peace. So what are we listening to? 
We need to know we can be at peace now. You know, we talked about, we've heard for how many years have you been in word and faith circles just about the word? You know, we can have peace. And uh, we're going to read some scriptures. John, John um, just skip down to John 14, verse 27. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Sorry, I didn't see it. You didn't have it up yet. John 14, 27. I'm throwing you for a loop this morning. Well, wait, it's just down a few verses from where you were. We'll put it up. John 14, 27. There it is. It says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is Jesus speaking. Can we trust the words of Jesus? He said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Does that apply for all time? Would that apply now? So we need to be careful when things try to make us afraid. Things try to get us troubled. What is the motivation behind some of the things? If we're attacking somebody, just ask why. Are we at peace? Are we truly at peace? Or are we troubled? Because God didn't tell us to be troubled. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. For the Christian, we have peace. We serve a God of peace. And Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. I don't think there's not an asterisk in my Bible next to that verse with a footnote that says, Unless so and so and so and so and so and so happens. Or it doesn't exclude any year. Well, unless we get to this certain point, then all this is doesn't ap- apply. Now freak out. You know, once you get into the 2020 and after, freak out time. Does it say that? No, it doesn't. Of course we know it doesn't say it. The Word of God applies to us now. God is not an author of confusion. He's a God of peace. All right, can we go back up to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, just a couple verses up? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, Now may the God of peace, may the God of peace, may the God of peace, Himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of peace do this. And notice, may He preserve blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's going to happen. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, notice, always and in every way. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Amen. Always. Any situation. Always. And in every way. Give you what? Peace. Peace in the midst of storms. Peace in the middle of crazy, in crazy circumstance. Peace in the middle of stuff going on all over the world. Peace in the middle of stuff going on domestically. Do you know there's a lot of, of division and anxiety in the body of Christ? In the body of Christ. Christians getting upset at other Christians. Not peaceful. Where does that come from? Just ask yourself. Where does it come from? When is that God's will ever? It's not. If we're truly at peace, then we can be peaceful around our fellow brothers and sisters because we know what we're called to do. We understand. We understand that what, what God, God's plan on the earth, we understand things that are going to happen, and we understand that we can still be at peace in the midst of it. We can be led by peace. Colossians 3, verse 15. It says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God Rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you in richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's go back. Let's read verse 15 again, and then go into, we're going to read 16 and 17. But just notice what it's saying. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That just gives you a picture of harmony and peace, being full of the Word, 
encouraging each other, having grace in your heart, doing whatever you do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Talking about victory, strength, wisdom, peace, comfort. Isn't this what we believe? In uh, the verse 15 in the Amplified Classic, it says, Let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule or act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Look at the beginning of that verse. And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ, act as umpire continually. Let the peace of God, it says in New King James rule, here it says act as an umpire continually. We're supposed to let peace rule in our hearts. That means is something of God or not? We look to the scriptures and we look to what's going on in the inside. Does it bring peace? Not talking about everything just sounds, just tickles your ears. It means in the middle, you know what the Word truly says about you, your relationship to God, what your role is, and you're still at peace, not going by circumstance. You're not getting uptight and um, anxious, angry. Got to combat things. Got to set everybody straight. Not peaceful. Let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God act as an umpire. Something brings confusion. Put it aside. Because there are a lot of voices in the world that say they're speaking for God. If you didn't hear it, I encourage you to go back to Winter Bible Seminar the Tuesday night, which was the February 22nd. Pastor Hagen talked a lot about a lot of things that are going on in the earth, nothing new, but talking about false, false um, ministers, false uh, prophecies, people that were used, but got off. And he's not talking about anybody in particular, just talking about concepts that are in there, still in the earth now. If things bring division, if things bring anxiety, if things bring fear, check it, because this is going to happen. We want to make sure we're walking in peace. We want to make sure we're doing what God would have us to do on the earth and not getting sidetracked. Because God's word and the understanding, and we may get into some things, not this morning, we'll see, but God's word does not bring anxiety about like the times we're living in and, and his plan for the Christian should not bring, bring fear, should not bring confusion, should not bring anger, should not bring division, if it's truly what God has said. Why would it? God is a God of peace. He's a God of hope, strength. 
For the world, things are going to get bad. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we need to understand that as we walk through these times, not to get off our primary purpose and not start fighting side issues, not trying to fight the wrong thing. We have a job to do. This is burning in me more than it ever has been. We don't, the window of time is not going to last forever. And when you see all these things going on, no, there are going to be distractions to get us off what we're supposed to be doing. And when it's anxiety and fear and confusion, no, that's the work of, of Satan directly or indirectly, to get you sidetracked so you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be doing? Mark 16, verse 14. Let's just skip down to verse 15. It says, He said to them, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we're to do. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are to preach... The gospel. Declare the gospel. That's our role. To let people know that Jesus saves, that He came, that He died, that He rose from the dead. And that by believing on Him, you can be saved. What does that mean? You are reconciled to God, made right with God. Adam was the first created being, and he bowed his knee to Satan, and Satan has had lordship over the human race ever since. Jesus came to redeem us as the, the, the ransom, so that mankind could look to Him. He was the second Adam. He didn't bow to Satan. He went through. Jesus lived a spotless, perfect life, went through this earth and took the keys of hell and the grave from Satan, and he, it reigns, he, his name is above every name, and by calling on him, we can be saved. That means we are um, in the family of God, our spirits are made alive, and that is the news we are to tell people that, look, there is a Savior. You can be saved. And people are so duped and they're in just like a coma thinking this is all there is. This earth is, is going to be burned up. There is going to... The end times are, are upon us and things are going to happen in the earth, but the church is going to be raptured out before the worst happens. 
And we need to understand that we have a period of time where we can share the gospel with people. That's our job. Our job is not to get sidetracked. God is a God of peace, not confusion. So we ought to know, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just going to keep right on. The true word brings peace. So easy to get sidetracked into different areas. Praise you, Lord. Revelation 1, verse 4. At the beginning of Revelation, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. It says, grace to you and peace. At the beginning of the letter of Revelation, which so, you know, people get afraid when you talk about things. At the end, it says grace and peace. It says what he was about to write is going to bring grace and peace. It said grace and peace to you. It didn't say, whoa, where do you hear this? God is not a God of confusion. I'm going to go ahead and read you something. This is actually from a book. I'll tell you what the book is at the end. It says, In the present hour, the enemy is working hard to distract Christians from their task. If you are going down the middle of the road in your Christian walk, you will feel one force trying to pull you to the right and another force trying to pull you to the left. Both are trying to get you into a ditch. Believers need to stay in the middle of the road. No one knows everything about the end times, but there is a middle path, a path of moderation to be found in the Word of God. One ditch that Christians often fall into is the erroneous belief that the church was commissioned to turn the world into paradise before Jesus comes. That is not true. When Jesus returns, He will do that. He's going to set up His earthly kingdom when He comes back. Not the rapture, the second time. That's what Jesus is going to do. When Jesus returns, He will do that. He will use you to help Him, but He is the one who is going to create a perfect society and world. Until Jesus comes, the church does, does have a task He gave us to do to preach the gospel to every creature on the face of this earth and take out of the kingdoms of this world all that belongs to God, the harvest of souls which Jesus' blood purchased. When He gave the Great Commission to the church, He didn't say, go into all the world and turn it into paradise. He didn't say, go and correct everything that's wrong. What he said was, go and preach the gospel, pro proclaim the good news. 
And when the church is finished doing that, he said he'd come again and gather us unto himself. There are some people, especially faith people, who are susceptible to believing that the task of the church is to turn the world into a paradise before Jesus returns. Because they fully understand the power of confession, it is easy for them to be drawn a little beyond what the Word says. The Word does not say that Christians are going to turn the world into a paradise before Jesus comes. The world says that if Christians will preach the gospel in every nation, then Jesus will come. The only reason why Jesus hasn't returned is because we haven't fulfilled His great commission yet. We're getting very close. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes about Christ's second coming, and in the fourth chapter he concludes, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Whenever Paul teaches about the end times, he doesn't leave us in a quandary, he gives us comfort. The exact opposite of Paul's emphasis is happening today. He's talking about two ditches. He just got done talking about one ditch, now he's talking about another ditch. The exact opposite of Paul's emphasis is happening today. Well-known speakers are going from church to church, getting believers so nervous about the future that they don't know what to do. These speakers imagine a great conspiracy. They convince their audiences that the devil is just about to take over the whole world and destroy the church. That's the other ditch. Stay in the middle of the road. Don't get off on either of these tangents. Comfort one another with these words. Quoting scripture, keep in mind that Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Whatever we learn about the end times should be comforting to us, it should be edifying to us, it should build us up, and remember, it should communicate grace to the hearers. Now this is from Brian McCallum, who's one of my instructors at Rhema. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. This was written in 1988. It wasn't written yesterday. Same thing. So it's not talking about any particular person, anything going on right now. This is written 34 years ago at least. That's the same thing. And notice the emphasis. It's people getting off in a ditch one way or another. Instead of doing the Great Commission and doing what God told us to do. This is in a book um, called Breaking the Bread of Revelation, beginning. Written in 1988, Brian McCallum. He, he taught end times eschatology at Rhema. And um, when I was there, Shelley was there, did awesome. You know, you go start going through the class, you realize, it, because there's all this stuff. You know, always floating around about these things, and you start hearing it, it's peace, and you realize what the Word really says. It's, it's peace. It's grace. God is not the author of confusion. He's not stirring things up and, and causing people to be confused. He's not causing fear. God is a God of peace. I want to read you 1 Thessalonians 4. We'll just read this scripture, go into verse 18, but we'll start in verse 13. Talking about Jesus coming back. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with the shout, this is talking about the rapture, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Let me talk about this stuff more. But when the rapture happens, we're going to meet Him in the air. When He comes a second time back on the earth, we're going to be with Him. And He's going to set up His kingdom. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18, Therefore comfort one another with these words. Therefore, what? Comfort. Comfort one another. Don't build a bunker. Don't store up food. Don't freak out about everything. It says comfort. The Bible says when you see that time coming, lift up your heads. It doesn't say cower in fear. We're, we have a job to do. Amen. That's why it's so important we just let people know Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Lord. And if you don't know Him, you need to know Him. Because it's just going to get heavier. We're not going to turn this thing around where everything's glorious. Jesus is going to come and do that. He's going to clean up the mess. But the earth is just going to get worse. But the church is going to get brighter and people are going to be given the opportunity to turn toward Him. And we're part of it. We have the ability to tell people, do you know Jesus? Because you need to know Him. You're lost without Him. There is a hell. Hell's real. <laughs> Somebody literally... We've heard this before, but I heard secondhand, literally, somebody said this, I don't care if I go to hell, because all my friends are going to be there. That is ignorance beyond belief. I mean, I heard that last week. Somebody said that. It's not hearsay. It's not, you know, an illustration. Somebody literally said that to somebody I know. I don't care if there's a hell. All my friends are going to be there. It'll be fine. It's going to be torture. That's the punishment for Satan and all those that rebel against God. And anybody that doesn't accept what Jesus has done is going to meet the same fate. You know, similar people saying things like, well, you know, God is just, uh, he's selfish and he just wants it all about him and just ignorance. God sent his son to save mankind from a devil's hell to reconcile them back to himself. He loves, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you and I 
We are the conduits and the worldwide church who which God is making His plea. Know Him. Come to Him. But God's message for the church is not turmoil. It's not confusion. It's peace. We're part of His family. We're part of what He's doing on the earth. So let peace be the umpire. When you, when you hear something, notice what it does. Does it strike fear? Does it strike confusion? Does it make you look at God sideways like, what? Well, you, you do. Check it. Because God's good. God's faithful. God's right. Be careful. When we, when we hear things, be careful what the source is. Let peace be your umpire. Know that God is a God of peace. Amen.